Hey everybody, the podcast is taking a break until the fall, but don't despair. We still have content for you. We're going to be releasing a podcast version of our successful YouTube video series with Belinda Livesey, a designer who has her own studio and is trying to level up. Over the course of eight episodes, we're going to be talking about a ton of topics that are going to help you get your business where you want it to be. And while you're listening to those, we'll be hard at work at the next season of the future podcast. Thanks for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Process. I'm Chris, and I'm joined by Melinda, as usual. Melinda, what are we going to talk about today? Today, I am overwhelmed with information, and I don't know what to do with it all. Aww. <laughs> do you want a teddy bear? <laughs> Melinda's overwhelmed. Let's find out why she's feeling overwhelmed. Talk to me. Well, What's wrong? after reading a ton of books, watching a, a lot of A ton of books? Your... How many books did you read? <laughs> Let me, write, for, <laughs> let me write down what a ton looks like to you. Not I mean, just books. You're putting me on the spot here. You yeah, find that, that one loose rock and you just <laughs> You should have it. said it. How many books have you read? Have I read? You give me Recently. a time frame. Recently. Recently? Like, like since we started like talking. Three. She's read three tons of books. What three books have you read? Uh, well, some of them are not finished yet. <laughs> In the process of reading. What books have I've you finished reading? I've completed one. Which one? The Stop Stealing Sheep. Stop Stealing Sheep is a good book. Find out how type works. Right. Was that helpful? Yes. Okay. What other book are you reading? The Creative Strategy and Business of Design. That one's deep. There's a lot of stuff to peel away. Okay? Yes. And lastly? The 101 Things I... That one, that takes you 10 minutes I know, to read. and that one I actually have not cracked open. I just recently bought it. Okay, so you read one and a half books. So I'm stuck on the so creative strategy. you books right now. I am buried. What well, page number we, are you on a creative strategy? That's not all I do. What, I'm halfway through. Okay, that's not bad. Hey everybody, the podcast is taking a break until the fall, but don't despair. We still have content for you. We're going to be releasing a podcast version of our successful YouTube video series with Belinda Livesey, a designer who has her own studio and is trying to level up. Over the course of eight episodes, we're going to be talking about a ton of topics that are going to help you get your business where you want it to be. And while you're listening to those, we'll be hard at work at the next season of the future podcast. Thanks for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Process. I'm Chris, and I'm joined by Melinda, as usual. Melinda, what are we going to talk about today? Today, I am overwhelmed with information, and I don't know what to do with it all. Aww. <laughs> do you want a teddy bear? <laughs> Melinda's overwhelmed. Let's find out why she's feeling overwhelmed. Talk to me. Well, What's wrong? After reading a ton of books, watching a, a lot ton of, of your... books. How many books did you read? <laughs> Let me, write, let me write down what a ton looks like to you. Not many, just books. You're putting me on the spot here. You yeah, find that, that one loose rock and you just <laughs> You should have said it. How many books have you read? Have I read? You give me Recently. a time frame. Recently. Recently? Like, like since we started like talking. Three. She's read three tons of books. What three books have you read? Uh, well, some of them are not finished yet. <laughs> In the process of reading. What books have I you have completed reading? one. Which one? The Stop Stealing Sheep. Stop Stealing Sheep is a good book. Find out how type works. Right. Was that helpful? 
Yes. Okay. What other book are you reading? The Creative Strategy and Business of Design. That one's deep. There's a lot of stuff to peel away. Okay? Yes. And lastly? The 101 Things. I... That one, that takes you 10 minutes I know, to read. and that one I actually have not cracked open. I just recently bought it. Okay, so you read one and a half books. So I'm stuck on the so creative strategy. So you books right now. I am buried. What well, page between, number are you on a creative strategy? That's not all I do. What, I'm halfway through. Okay, that's not bad. You don't have to read the rest of the book. I mean, get to a certain point and then just start applying what you've learned. Okay, so if you've read a ton of books, what else are you doing? Don't you roll your eyes at me, young lady. Well, that's not all what that else? I'm doing. Okay, fine. What else are you doing? Why are you overwhelmed? Um, so I'm trying to not only up my business game as far as terminology, strategy, applying it to my business, but I'm also trying to up my design game. And so I'm learning in tandem. I'm learning more design as well. How are you learning design? Um, doing, doing logo studies, reading that one book, um, or reading articles online watching video tutorials, um, asking friends and getting help from them. Okay. What That's else? I can think of right now. I mean, I'm finding information and consuming it. Right. So wherever that may be. Okay, where I'm else doing. might it be? Well, online, people, workshops. Anything specifically? Um, no. No? I, no. I, it's just a general looking for information. There's too much stuff. If you can get more specific, I can help you parse through some of that content. If you told me I'm reading these 10 books, I'll tell you stop reading those four because I've read them and they're not going to be helpful. Or here's a quick summary or the key concepts, right? Mm -hmm. So unless I know where you're spending all your time, I can't really help you. Well, you, we started with books. Right, which is which not where I spend specific. most of my time. Okay. Most of my time is watching your videos. Okay. Um, on YouTube? On YouTube, yeah. Okay. We don't create that many videos. Are you watching the back catalog now? Yeah, what I haven't watched. Many hours of what I have not yet watched. Okay, what else? Uh, well, that's taking up, I would say that's taking up the majority of my time and I'm getting stalled as far as consuming information because I can I can't output as fast as I'm consuming okay so there's you, a, it's a there's a bottleneck that's fair if we can all output as much as we consume we'd be all amazing right okay so you're saying basically Chris you're killing me with content and I can't keep up Yes. what can I do to help you then I don't know I don't know what the question, I don't know what I don't know. So I, I can tell you where I'm stuck and I'm stuck with consuming so much information to the point where I can't digest some of it. Like the creative strategy in business of design, I'm getting some of the concepts, but then it gets to a point where I feel like my brain can't even process certain concepts. Okay. Is it because your brain has reached saturation point or the, the concepts aren't written in a way that you can figure out how to apply them? Both? I think it's both. The first okay. one's probably more so though. Okay, so That's this saturation. is great. When you're getting into a book like that, like uh, the Creative Strategy book written by Douglas Davis, it's a lot of stuff to unpack. He went to business school to learn all that stuff. And so you can just read a paragraph, a chapter at a time, 
and just sit there and think about how can you apply that. So here's one growth hack I can think of to share with you. And before I say this, I want to just mention really briefly here. I think a lot of our audience is going to empathize with you right now, okay? That there's so much information out there that they don't know how to process this, and it all sounds really good, and they go to apply it, and they seem to fail. So rather than spread yourself thin, I'm going to suggest that you go deep. You just try to master a concept at a time, and here's how I do it. When I'm reading something, I'm reading to understand it, like looking at every word that is written. I highlight, I take notes, and I start to think to myself, where can I apply this today? What can I do with this information today? Because anything I can apply immediately is going to help me make money. It's going to make me more valuable. Perhaps it's the way that something was phrased, or a response to an objection, or a framework. And I was thinking, I like the framework quite a bit, but it's not perfect, so I try to figure out how to apply it. One of the things I saw in the uh, creative strategy book was this thing with the three R's. I don't know if you got to that point. I think you have. He talks about the rhinoceros, the rainbow, and the rhombus. And I was thinking, that's brilliant. I love that. So just to explain it, I can't remember the exact context, you guys, but Douglas Davis talks about this, and he says the three R's, how we measure our strategy against something, I think. So the rhinoceros is a mnemonic to, to remember something very strong. Okay? It's built about the strength of the brand or something like that. The rainbow is about the colors. The colors speak to us in a way. And lastly, he talked about the rhombus. The shape of the product or the building or something about it inspires the idea. So to try to talk about work in the context of one of the three R's, and I thought immediately, wow, when we design stylescapes, we used to use keywords from the brand strategy document, and we used to categorize into three things, mild, medium, and spicy, meaning it's the farthest away from what the clients had asked for, but we're really going to push the envelope. So these are just prompts to think. And then I immediately went to Matthew, Greg, and Ben and told them, guys, try the rhinoceros rainbow thing and see if it works. So instead of just designing it based on the um, the amount of deviation from the original design brief that we would take. Try one that is really built around the colors. Of, so try to interpret the brand attributes as colors. See what that would look like. and Let that inspire you. Or the Rambas one, let the shape of the existing logo or the shape of the building or the packaging or something else inspire the exploration of the stylescape. So I was quickly able to grab something and modify it and adapt it to something that we use right away. So that's the key. Figure out a way to apply it to something that you're doing and to change your process, right? Because there's something like intent and something that we always say, action beats intent. That's a great idea. That's an intent. Until you apply it to something that you're doing, it doesn't turn into action yet. And action is where the gold is. Take action. Mm-hmm. Okay? Don't feel compelled to read the book from A to Z. That's not necessary. Mine it for the content that's going to be most applicable to you, that's going to have the greatest impact on what you do today. Okay, how do I always know what that information is that is the most helpful? Okay, so your selective listening or your selective reading or selective watching. Okay, so this is how you have to start to train your brain. Okay, I'm going to try and describe it in a way that makes sense. Pretend there's two of you in your body. One person is running the business and one person's learning new things. Okay? 
The person running the business is going to tell the person that's running, uh, learning new things, hey, we're looking for a way to do better design or we're looking for a way to overcome these objections. So when you're reading, you're not just reading, you're reading specifically for answers to those problems. So I should start first then. No, I'm trying to process it. So I'm, I should start then, even before I consume information, with a purpose. Yes. So to ask myself certain questions, so then I'm, my mind is then looking for the answer, rather than just consume, because I've been just consuming information, right. thinking I just don't know all this stuff, so I need to learn it. You're, you're hoarding Yeah. is really what you're doing, yeah. versus you're going in with a very specific shopping list. Difference. Yes. Right? Much different. Okay. I'm always scraping, so I, I'm okay with hoarding. I'm a hoarder, I admit it. Okay? But for you right now, where you're where you are in your arc and your journey, the last episode you and I talked about this. We talked about hitting a financial goal. And then we had tactics. And so certain tactics about resources, right? And so now when you're reading consuming content, you should be looking for resources that you can give work to. You see how once you know what you're doing, you figure out the tactics, everything starts to line up with that. It's kind of wonderful how that works, right? Yeah. So you're not just going to learn about this random thing. Now, I think it's wonderful that you want to be a better designer. I think your designs are good. They're good enough. I don't know if you really need to spend that much more time in learning design right now. I would rather have you spend your energies towards learning how to onboard new clients, to be better at marketing yourself, and to go where your clients are. Okay. Okay. So that's great that you want to be a better designer. Everybody can improve, myself included. But at this point, I think you're good enough. Good enough is that's all you need to be. And that's good for me to hear as well because I think I use pursuing design and pursuing my design skills to avoid pursuing the business skills because I didn't know where to start. So then at least I kept busy you know, updating my skills and design because I knew, I knew the resources to go to or yep. where it is. So it was a way for me to procrastinate and not yeah. go forward with my business. It's natural for you to do that. We tend to go where we're good. We're really good at design, so when we learn something, it's like, oh, that's even better. That makes me feel great. We also know that the frustration and pain points are going to be less. If you're a pro tennis player going to a tennis academy or camp, that sounds like a lot of fun. But then I want you to go to a chess camp and you're like, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I'm not going to do that. That's not really my thing, right? So you avoid the things that you're not good at. It's natural. It's human instinct. Now you have to also then, those two voices in your head, the other voice has got to tell the other voice, shut up and do the things that scare you, the things that you hate doing, the things that you keep procrastinating on, and stop doing the things that are easy for you, okay? It's, it's easy to double down on what you already know. But you realize that at a certain point, you're going to get diminishing returns on the, the amount of time you spend on learning the craft. Because most normal people can't even appreciate or see the differences between Mark A and Mark B. And they're very similar. Designers can tell, you can tell, but they can't. That helps. Okay, good. Try to be helpful. <laughs> you are. What else? Uh, well, I think just stopping myself from pursuing design as a way to procrastinate on going towards the business knowledge. Yes. That completely helps me 
stop doing that too. Cause I think just acknowledging it too helps me to redirect in what I should be doing. And the fact that now I know what to do when pursuing business knowledge and asking myself the questions of what am I trying to accomplish? And so then, or what is it specifically that I need to know or improve so that when I'm consuming content that I'm not just taking in every single thing as important, but that it, my mind is latching on to the answers to those questions that I had. Okay. I'm going to try to say this another way. Okay. I'm going to say it like this. Imagine in the stage in which you're at right now, which I think a lot of our audience are at, imagine that you have a backpack and the backpack is of a certain capacity. Let's just say it's an extra large backpack and it's limited by how much you can physically carry and the physical space in which the bag can hold. Okay, so I want you to be very selective as to where you go out and what you're looking for and be hunting for specific things that you can add into this backpack as you travel into the wilderness, only things that are going to help you survive and thrive. So let's say you find a TV. It's too big. Don't, don't bring it in. You find a small TV. Well, it's nice to have, but it's not really essential for survival. You're looking for very specific things, things that are going to help you grow to be able to help you talk to a client more intelligently about their business, those are important things. In, in terms of information resources, the things that are going to make you feel like you can go and tackle the issues you're already facing today, but with more diplomacy, more confidence, or whatever it's going to be. Look at it like that. Now, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit. Over time, the backpack becomes a lot bigger. Magically, it's a magic backpack, and you become a lot stronger and you can hold a lot. I'm not sure where I am at in terms of the journey with my backpack, but I feel it's almost infinite and my strength is infinite. I hoard and collect. I just put all these things in and I make no reservations about do I need this information or not. Is this helpful for me today? Because my life has proven to be that everything that I'm deeply passionate about, that I spend time and study, it has come back to help me in every single way that I can see. So it's okay. So if you have a really enormous backpack, go ahead and load it up. But for right now, where you're at in your journey, I think you have to be a lot more selective about what you put in, okay? Before we continue, here's John Roth. hey yo, John Roth here from the future. I'm here to tell you guys about the pro membership. A lot of you have been asking about how you can engage with us and where you can go to meet like-minded individuals. Well, I'm here to tell you how. For $75 a month with the Pro Membership, you can join Chris Doe's collective of creative entrepreneurs, which includes everyone from designers to strategists to writers and more from all over the world. Also included is over 40 hours of exclusive videos on a variety of topics, from the business of design to project management, and access to two pro calls a month where you can have your questions answered by Chris live. All that and more in your pro membership for just $75 a month. Not afraid of commitment? Sign up for a year and save $150. The pro membership, exclusively in the online store. Go to thefuture.com slash shop for more. So when I'm being selective and asking myself those questions so that I can be more aware of what what information I am consuming, do I start with my current struggles? Then I turn into questions and how to solve those because I'm, I also want to know the things I don't know. 
Like, I, that's why I also consume information because then something's brought up and I'm like, well, I never knew I should even be thinking about right. that. And so where's that line between just solving my immediate struggle and then expanding on maybe something I don't know? Okay. Let's look at it in terms of a spectrum. On the far left are things that you can consume just to survive and that's totally okay. And on the far right, it's an information overload you can't handle it. Somewhere in between is your sweet spot, and I don't know, each person's gonna be very different. I personally am much farther to the right than a lot of people, and some people are much farther to the left than Are you a lot always of like that? I hate those terms always, because I don't know. I can't say I came out of my mom's womb, and it's like, yeah, let's learn everything we can. Well, did you ever feel overwhelmed by information? Yes, when I was taking Latin. I did okay. poorly in Latin. Advanced calculus too, that was a struggle because I couldn't find the application. I was thinking, man, when am I gonna use this? And, and maybe the teacher and the way they taught me, it was too hard for me to deal with. So I had the desire, like I think I was like 15 or 16, I was a freshman in high school, and for some reason I decided during summertime to take Latin, and I had not taken a foreign language at that point, never. So that was a monster one to take on at the very beginning. Next year I took French, it was much easier. Okay? And the teacher taught in a different style. Like Latin I took at a community college. The teacher was moving really fast. I was not able to follow along. When he said we need to conjugate the verbs, I didn't even know what the word conjugate meant. So I struggled. So I dropped out. I have taken drawing classes that were way above my skill level. And all these friends of mine told me you can take it. You're good enough. You can do it. And it was, I was taking VizCom 3 at Art Center where they're all drawing like monsters. And I was like, mm, I don't even know how to draw a box. Literally, you had to practice drawing a box. And I stuck, I stuck in there for as long as I could. And ultimately, the teacher said, I cannot slow the class down for one student. You should have taken one and two. I'm sorry. And I took that as time to drop the class because I don't want to get an F. That's what, the, that's what the grade I would have gotten. But even in the time in which I was in the class, I learned a lot. So yeah, I, I do get overwhelmed. I do need to know my limits. And some, some of my friends here at the office know something about me. I generally don't pursue something for very long unless I know I could do it really well. So I don't enter into competitions knowing I'm gonna lose. So you're like, what a wimp. He just told us to do things that are gonna scare you. Yeah, it was scary, but I, I know I can lose myself in it and I can be deeply passionate about it. So, so you're saying though, like you just had mentioned about you're telling us to do things that scare us. Yeah. But then you only pursue things that you know you can be good at? That How can does that dominate. Line up? Huh? How does that line up? Well, let's just say this, right? I pursue lots of different things and I know I, I have a deep passion for it. Say for example, Matthew says you know, to me, let's go rock climbing. I'm like, you know, I'm just, my passion isn't there for that. But if he said, let's go fishing, or, or let's go um, play volleyball, or let's go skateboarding, I have a passion, even though I'm not good at it, I have a passion and interest in it, and I'm gonna go do that. And that, I know, is gonna push me. So like, I look at it like this, too. A lot of people have a lot of natural-born talent, and they excel at things. But generally speaking, I know if I have that passion, I can outwork them, I can out-hustle them, and I, I have the discipline to to be better than them at some point, not at the beginning. So let me put this into a context you can understand, sort of, okay? I like to play video games. 
and I play first-person shooters, and one of the games I loved playing is Halo. Now, whenever they would, would release the next version of Halo, whether it's Halo 3, 4, or 5, new maps, new controls, new fighting mechanics, new game mechanics. We get in a room, same group of friends that we always play with, a couple of my buddies, my cousin, we get into a room and we play. And my cousin Ty and my friend Aaron, they would always excel really fast. For some reason, they figured out the space, the mapping, and the, the glitches that you can exploit, so to speak. Not technical glitches, but if you stay in this corner and you face this way, you're going to maximize your potential to get a kill. So they would do that, and I would get slaughtered, and they would make fun of me over and over again. They're like, oh, you're terrible. You're dragging our team down. But eventually, I learned the map, and I learned the play mechanics, so I didn't care if they hit in the corner. I could still jump in the room, spin around, shoot them, throw a grenade in their face, and it would be done. So they relied on cheats and shortcuts when I just would outwork them and get to that point in which I could defeat them. Does that make sense? Yes. So it, you could say that it's scary, but I know that if I have a passion for it, I'm going to keep going for it. And eventually, I will overcome whatever shortcoming I have. So we have to have the passion. I think you have to be passionate, yeah. So I, let me rephrase that sentence then. I only do things that I can be passionate about, regardless if I'm good at or not. Thanks for helping me to clarify that so the internet doesn't get mad at me because they always like to get mad at me. You don't want to get good at things that you're not passionate about because you're going to get more of that thing and you don't want to do that, right? So you don't want to get good at sweeping the floors if you don't love sweeping the floors because that's what you wind up doing. Makes sense. Okay. What else? I feel like I have a clear plan. I think if you, you say anything else... God, I'm a miracle worker. If you say anything else, it's going to be too fun. much. I feel like I, I got what I came here for. All right. Let me ask you a few questions then. Because, oh, you know, I want to push you, push you to the edge. Great. And see if you fall or not. We're in, we're in episode six right now. Let's take a moment to reflect on your journey so far. Okay. Okay? And you're put into this situation where you and I get a lot of FaceTime. I think some people comment that they're jealous that you're here and they're not. They're in some other place. Well, whatever. But most people love you and what you represent and the kinds of questions that you're asking, your vulnerability, your transparency. I'm just wondering, how has this impacted you? The whole experience? Six, six episodes in, yeah. I feel like it's been a whirlwind just because it's so different than what my normal day-to-day -day life was because not only was I was just doing my normal thing to make the same money, keep the same clients and not really grow too far. So it's not only the experience of having you as a mentor and coach, which has completely changed my, my mindset, my goals, how I consume information, um, what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis has completely changed. So that's one thing, the coaching and the mentorship, but, um, it's also helped me, I think it's also helped me grow and even learn what you're teaching me here at the show. Um, when I go home and I read through the comments and connect with people that have been watching it and have questions of their own, and then I'm having to rethink about what we talked about. And so I feel like I'm, it's, it's really sinking in what you're, you're telling me. And then I go home and I read everything that then it's getting solidified in my brain. Whereas if we just talked about it and I left, I don't think it would be the same. It wouldn't, it wouldn't sink in as much as it has. 
Were you afraid to come on the show? I was nervous, yeah. But I'm not talking about being nervous. Were you afraid? Um, I think my, if I was afraid at all, my excitement outweighed it. Okay. Talk to me about the excitement and talk to me about the potential fear. Because I know a lot of people would not be in your chair today because they're not confident in themselves enough to appear on live television, so to speak, and talk about their numbers, their struggles, um, and everything else that they're going through because it would make them not look like the superstar they see in their own mind. But I think, just for me speaking about this, though, but if you're willing to set aside those fears about the image you want to uphold, what you have to gain is a lot greater than what you have to lose, right? Mm -hmm. What you have to gain is exposure, and I'm sharing as much as I can very uh, tailored information specifically for you. You get to drive the agenda. People don't understand this, but you come in and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. And so you're getting coaching essentially for free, and the price is for you to reveal who you are. So can you add to that? Do you want to speak to it? I don't want to presume what it is that you're feeling or thinking, even it though I just is. presume what you're feeling or thinking. <laughs> Uh, well, I wasn't, if you would have asked me to be on the show even three, four years ago, I, I might have not even said yes, and I might have not come. Why is that? Because I was a different person. I was trying to prove myself um, as a designer, as just as a person, you know, putting on a certain front, um, the perfection, the perfectionism. Um, and so if I didn't try anything that was out of the norm for me, then I wouldn't fail. You know, I did things that I knew I would succeed at, and it wasn't because of what we talked about, about the passion, and because I could learn how to get good at something. It was that I, I had to know I was going to succeed with the, the abilities I had, and I was scared to be myself, to be uh, vulnerable and to share my struggles but as I've been the past few years um, connecting with people sharing my struggles hearing about theirs and seeing that we can get so much farther um, by doing this together that's where the excitement then came and then I saw growth in not only myself but the people that I was growing with what do you feel like you have to prove yourself who are you trying to prove yourself to I have to think back of this because I don't, I don't operate in that every day now. Um, I think mostly I was trying to prove myself to myself. When you're alone in a room, just by yourself, vulnerable, not literally naked, but figuratively naked in front of yourself, do you feel like you don't like yourself? No, I feel like I like myself. So when, when people say to me they want to prove themselves to themselves, I'm finding that to be suspicious. Because when I'm totally by myself, I don't care what I look like. I don't, I don't care if I've showered, if I brushed my teeth. I don't even really care because nobody's around to see it. So when somebody's like, I'm trying to prove myself to myself, I'm not sure that that's totally accurate. So I'm going to ask you to push a little deeper who you're trying to prove yourself to. What voice do you hear inside your head that's saying you're not good enough yet? Hmm. I don't know if I've completely explored that thought. Let's explore right now. <laughs> um, may, it, maybe it's just a big luminous voice, so then it feels like myself, but it's not really. Is it feminine or masculine, the voice? Masculine. Could you, do you remember a time 
uh, tracing back from recent, most recent memories to distant memories of a person who said to you, you're not good enough, or you could be better, you're better than this, you're capable of more. You know what's weird? I don't, I don't, I don't have a memory of anyone actually saying those words to me. Like, I can't pick out an actual situation, but I can hear a voice that says those things, but it's not necessarily a person that's, that, or a memory that I can connect it to, that I'm aware of. This does feel like therapy, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Is that creeping you out? <laughs> Tell me about your mother. Oh, my mom? I'm just kidding. That's, the, that's the therapist's joke. Jeez. Tell me about your mother. Never. Why have I never heard that? Are you serious? Never. You've never watched dramas on TV? I don't watch TV that much. All right. It's always tell me about your mother. Now I know. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> what do you say now? <laughs> All right. Well, without totally cracking you wide open here for the public to consume, we'll put a pin on that. But what I'd like to do is give you a little homework assignment. I do want you to start to investigate in your own mind, crawl inside your brain, and retrace your steps. I promise you it's there. There's somebody in your life, it's oftentimes a parent or somebody that was like a parental figure to you. It could have been a high school coach about something totally different. Somebody's just telling you, you could do more, you could be better, you should be this thing. That you should have a certain amount of success, wear certain kind of clothes or marry this kind of husband or live in this kind of house. Somebody is telling you these things and you're constantly referring back to that version of yourself. And we want to find out who that person is and then we want to break that down and destroy that. You are good enough. You do not have to prove yourself. And you need to be 100% okay with that. When you said that to me, before we get the feels here, <laughs> everybody just, just suck it in for a second. We're almost done with the taping here. All right? I really do mean this, okay? A lot of times, what I've been able to do for people is just to tell them, you're good enough. And that's all they needed to hear. Somebody they look up to, somebody they respect, and who am I? I'm just some wanker on the internet. I really am. And for some reason, we're just looking for that little bit of validation. I'm happy to give it to you. I'm happy to give it to anybody that's in this audience. You do not need to earn the love of yourself. Okay? Mm -hmm. And we need, to, we need to destroy that. I feel like we're gonna get into another episode here, but we're, we're, gonna, we're probably gonna end it here, okay? You understand? Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to episode six. This wasn't so much a high-level, like, action item thing that we need to do. It was more about Melinda feeling overwhelmed. And I could totally relate to that. I think you guys can relate to that. Part of that is be a little bit more focused about what you're looking for. And until you have the capacity, to take on more information, be a little bit more selective. And don't feel like you have to go from point A to point B on anything that you're doing. Be, be like the bouncer to a very exclusive club, and that club is your mind. Only let certain things in because the riffraff are gonna tear it apart, all right? And with that, I'm gonna wish you well, and don't forget, the future is what you make it. The Future is hosted by me, Chris Doe. The show is edited by Stuart Schuster. Big thanks to Adam Sanborn, who composed our theme song. To subscribe to The Future Podcast, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now SoundCloud. Make sure you rate and review our episodes. 
Don't miss out on upcoming events, live streams, workshops, and announcements by going to thefuture.com and sign up for the newsletter link at the bottom. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Future Is Here. Thanks for listening. That's it for this episode. See you in the future. Thank you.